The Steelers are looking good on the field, but they are facing a big backlash over their divided social justice stand off of it. Welcome to the Steelers update from Penn Live, where we keep track of all things Steelers so you don't have to. This is John Lucy reporting. It was a mixed message, to say the least. The Steelers' high-profile Monday Night Football attempt to stand united against racism was seemingly sabotaged by a war hero left tackle. With the rest of the team wearing the name of Pittsburgh-area police shooting victim Antoine Rose Jr. on their helmets, Afghanistan war vet and Army Ranger Alejandro Villanueva seemingly went rogue. He hand-scrawled the name of fellow vet Alwyn Cash on his helmet in Sharpie ink. Cash, who is black, died of injuries suffered pulling fellow soldiers out of a burning vehicle in Iraq. In other words, he was worthy of honoring as well. But none other than Coach Mike Tomlin had sanctioned the team-voted decision to honor Rose in unison. And Rose is a 17-year-old black teen who was fatally shot in the back by a white East Pittsburgh police officer while running away after the car he was a passenger in was pulled over as part of an investigation into a drive-by shooting. The team voted to honor Rose. Tomlin went along with it. But then Mike Tomlin turned around and also gave Villanueva his permission to go against that team decision and write Cash's name on his helmet. Cash, again, is certainly deserving of being honored, and Pro Football Talk explores why. They write, quote, In October of 2005, Cash was in a Bradley fighting vehicle that hit an improvised explosive device. He exited that vehicle with only minor injuries, but the vehicle was on fire and other injured soldiers were inside. So Cash went back into the burning vehicle, not once, not twice, but multiple times to pull his fellow soldiers out. He rescued six soldiers in all. In the process, Cash was burned over 72% of his body, and he died of those burns three weeks later. Now there is a push for Cash, who was posthumously awarded the Silver Star, to receive the military's highest award, the Medal of Honor. And clearly Villanueva wants Cash to get that prestigious award. But the Steelers' four-way into politics and its mixed messages in the process is producing a fierce backlash in normally united Steelers nation. Most notably, Rose's mother, Michelle Kenny, called out Villanueva on Facebook. She writes in part, quote, The Steelers took a team vote. Obviously, one person didn't like the results, so they chose to do something different. I have nothing against vets and absolutely appreciate everything they have done and continue to do for us. But this one person showed us exactly who is 
and obviously he didn't approve of how the vote turned out, unquote. That is not something the Steelers wanted when they made their decision to honor Rose. And that's not all. Some in Pittsburgh are blasting the team decision itself to honor Rose in the first place. Those critics point to the fact that the cop charged in his death was acquitted by a jury of 12. Pittsburgh sports talk show host Colin Dunlap summed up the sentiment that is now giving the Steelers even more self-inflicted image problems. Dunlap tweets, quote, Antoine Rose Jr. positively deserved the day in court. He did not deserve to die. My opinion, the officer, Michael Rosefield, was a bad cop, but a jury of 12 acquitted him. When the Steelers put Rose's name on their helmets, they had to know it would come with some here strongly disagreeing with it, unquote, from Colin Dunlap. Hey, there is a lengthy article on the Steelers' website with the team explaining their now controversial decision on honoring Rose. So you can read it and decide for yourself. And the Steelers are not alone in venturing deeply into the politics of a divided nation. The NFL is all in on an aggressive anti-racism, pro-social justice message in wake of George Floyd's death under the knee of a white police officer in Minneapolis. The names of others who have died at the hands of police appeared on other NFL helmets throughout the league on this opening weekend. There were also plenty of Black Lives Matter t-shirts as players warmed up before games, and there were anti-racism and pro-social justice slogans painted in the end zone at every empty stadium. And of course, many players, though not any Pittsburgh Steelers, took a knee during the playing of the national anthem before games. Some teams didn't even take the field for the anthem. For a significant number of now former NFL fans, all of it is too much. The mixing of sports and politics is apparently proving unpalatable to a sizable portion of the NFL's audience, especially if you go by TV ratings for the kickoff weekend. With no fans at most games due to COVID-19, one would expect those ratings to go through the roof. But with the exception of Tom Brady's debut with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Ratings tanked, including for the Steelers-Giants game on Monday Night Football. That Steelers-Monday Night Clash was down over 20% from last year's TV ratings. Other games suffered even sharper plunges. The question now is whether this mixing of sports and politics will prove to be a poison pill for the NFL. It's a good question that can only be answered in the course of time. But I'll share this anecdote. I was camping last week near Myrtle Beach. There were Trump flags aplenty around the campground. My wife and I were watching the NFL's Thursday night kickoff game outside of our camper. Then something very strange happened. Plenty of people riding by on their golf carts booed. But they weren't booing the Chiefs or the Texans. 
they were booing the NFL itself. Don't watch, one person shouted. We don't watch the NFL. This has to be a troubling sign for a multi-billion dollar league predicated on constant fan base growth. The NFL loves it when fans are passionate for and against specific teams. Hey, boo them Cowboys all you want. But for the first time that I can remember, a large number of now former NFL fans are passionate against the league itself. The reason seems to be this in-the-fans-face of mixing politics and sports. I am going to give you all the best takes on this troubling trend and the big backlash brewing at Pittsburgh in this controversy-strewn edition of the Steelers Update Podcast. Oh yeah, and we're going to cover what happened on the field too, where the Steelers are looking to be in much better shape. We saw Juju Smith-Schuster return to form, and Big Ben Roethlisberger shake off the rust and his elbow surgery to lead the Steelers to victory over the Giants. Only running back James Conner appears to be stumbling, and he could soon lose his starting job to rising runner Benny Snell. Again, I have all those takes too, so let's get right to it. First, the Steelers have to be scratching their heads. How did the idea for a united stand against racism and in support of Antoine Rose and in controversy now dividing the team and a significant segment of Steelers Nation? Caustic Pittsburgh sports radio host Mark Madden is laying the blame on the broad shoulders of Alejandro Villanueva, despite that Steelers star being a war hero. As you know, Villanueva is a former Army Ranger who served two tours in Afghanistan. But Madden calls out Villanueva for vanity and for putting himself over the team once again. You'll remember a similar incident took place several seasons ago in Chicago. The Steelers had agreed as a team to remain inside the locker room for the playing of the National Anthem only to have Villanueva emerge out of the tunnel and hold his hand over the heart as the anthem played. All of this had Mark Madden brewing up a tweet storm, blasting the Steelers' tackle. Quote, all the tweets I'm getting are like, don't you know he's a war hero? Mission accomplished for Big Al. That's what he wanted to remind everybody, and now Antoine Rose's Jr.'s mom is mad at the Steelers. Bet the organization is thrilled. Villanueva should go home. He sucks now anyway, and Madden wasn't done. He came back with more. Quote, Villanueva needed to think about the team. Once again, he has launched the Steelers into a controversy that would have been avoided except for his ego, except for his need to remind everybody that he's a war hero. Antoine Rose's Jr. mother is pissed, and I understand why. And again, Madden shot back, quote, Villanueva should have just done what every other Steeler did, but he had to go into business for himself, and now it's a S-storm, just like Chicago. If you want to be an Army Ranger, re-up. 
if not be a Pittsburgh Steeler instead of grandstanding. And then more, quote, just display the same damn helmet decal as everyone else, and no one mentions a thing. This is on Tomlin, too. You're allowed to tell your players no, you candy ass. It's not freaking popularity contest. Wow, Madden is hot, and he wasn't done. Finally, he's getting support for his opinion from others in Pittsburgh. He tweets, Author Motes blasted Villanueva today. Ron Cook disagreed with what he did. More people than just me have this phony BS figured out, unquote. All from Mark Madden, and we certainly know where he stands. But what about the Steelers? That remains to be seen, especially since others are criticizing the team's decision to honor Rose. There are plenty of people who believe Rose wasn't worthy of the team's honor. Here's a sampling from Twitter, at least those that were fit to repeat. From out of here, quote, Antoine Rose put himself in a bad position. The car he was in just did a drive-by shooting. So when the cop apprehended, he knew there was a gun and shooter in the car. This was months after Brian Shaw was shot and killed. It was just a bad situation, unquote. And Brian Shaw was another Pittsburgh area police officer killed in the line of duty, as that tweeter referenced. And perhaps the best take from Dakota Dickey, quote, just win football games, unquote. And I'm giving you those tweets not as an endorsement of those opinions, but just a sampling of the controversy this is generating in the 412 area code. And I hope you take them in that informational vein that they're being provided. And yes, just win football games, the Steelers did comply with that sentence. They did win on Monday night, and there were plenty of positive takeaways from their first game. That is, except for the running back of injured again, James Conner, and he could be stumbling right out of his starting job. Once again, I turn to Mark Caboli with The Athletic, who writes this about his impressions of that Steelers win over the Giants. He believes we've witnessed a changing of the guard at running back for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Caboli writes, quote, Better off with Benny? The answer is a resounding yes. Connor injured his ankle at some point in the second quarter and never returned. You can talk all you want about Connor being injury prone, and nobody is going to argue with you. They can't. But people always have believed that when he's 100%, Connor is a much better running back than Snell. That might not be the case anymore. Connor was not good with a healthy angle, tallying nine yards on six carries with no explosiveness or speed. That was surprising because seeing him in camp for a month, the explosiveness and speed were there. Snell is just a better running back at this point, and I can't see that changing. Snell is quicker than he was as a rookie. He dropped 12 pounds since last season, and that showed with a couple of long runs. But it's more than that. He still runs with the power he was known for at Kentucky, and now he's become a reliable pass protector. He picked up a blitzing linebacker during Juju Smith-Schuster's first touchdown six minutes into the second quarter, unquote. 
all some great insight into Mark Caboli, who again says, Snell is the better back, and Connor is headed for a backup role in Pittsburgh. Running will be key for the Steelers' fortunes going forward, as this is now a team led by dominating defense. Again, Caboli writes this about the Steelers' key to success in 2020. Quote, if the Steelers want to live up to their preseason billing as a Super Bowl dark horse, they need to play exactly how they played Monday night with a stout defensive performance and a solid running game, and with a quarterback who spreads the ball all around and doesn't need to throw the ball 50 times to have a chance of winning. This team is not an offensive team anymore. They are a defensive juggernaut that can be successful in several ways. The offense needs to be the supporting cast. They need Roethlisberger throwing 32 times for 229 yards. They need to average 4.7 yards per carry. Well, maybe not that robust. They need to have Juju Smith-Schuster catch a big touchdown one week and Eric Ebron the next. Diversity and defense. But can the Steelers stay disciplined enough? Mark Caboli poses that question as we lead into the next round of answers. And we shall see, Steeler fans, as these answers will come inside an empty Heinz field against the Denver Broncos, whose secondary could be ripe for the picking. And we will pick up on those results with all the best takes and Steelers storylines in next week's Steelers Update podcast, which you can download wherever you download your favorite podcasts and audio. And of course, log on to penlive.com anytime for your real-time Steelers news. Enjoy the game, Steelers fans, and we'll see you back here next Wednesday.